Hey there, Beverly Hills 90210 fans. It's now time to dive deep into an episode-by-episode, character-by-character, song-by-song account of the making of your favorite zip code. With your host, Charles Rosen. I sit in the chair. It's one of Sandy's antiques. The whole thing breaks. Larry Mullen. Houston, I shouldn't be even in this show. I hope they're going to kill him, and they did. Pete Ferrero. up my, like, TV crush is Claire Arnold. So, I mean, she has to come on the show at this and point. And representing the fans, Lily Amaro. And I love you. I have dreamt about you. What? I... Along with many special guests. And your questions. So sit back and relax, because it's, like, totally time for the Beverly Hills 90210 Show. Okay, another big panel here this week to talk <laughs> about uh, all things Beverly Hills 90210 on the Beverly Hills 90210 show. And listen, I want to pop right off the bat and say that Lily couldn't join us today because she's having all kinds of power issues in uh, Connecticut. But we went out and got Zara, who, of course, is a huge 90210 fan, and she's going to join in and uh, do all of the question stuff. So how exciting is that, Zara? Are you excited to be here? I'm so happy. It's like my life, my, my dream is, is coming true. I'm in cloud nine. It's like that's awesome. <laughs> that's very cool. And then we have a whole bunch of people to say hello to. I'm gonna start with Karen Rosen. Karen, how are you? The the better half, maybe. I love Chuck. I'm good. I'm good today. Very good. Looking forward to seeing everyone. I'm so happy to see everyone. Yes, a lot of good things to talk about in these few episodes here. And then, of course, Jessica Klein is uh, back with us. Jessica, how are things going on your end? Everything's good. I'm glad to be here. And it's so much fun to look back at stuff from so long ago that it seems so fresh. So thank you. <laughs> no, it's interesting. And before we came on, Jessica was singing uh, Bethany's praises. And so I'll be I, Bethany Rooney is my favorite 90210 director. And I can test to that because when I had to do a pilot years later, I hired Bethany to do it. And um, it's really a treat to share this with all of you because she does beautiful work. Thank you. And so hello, Bethany Rooney. How are you? It's good to have you here too. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here because 90210 was such a huge part of my life for so many years. It's actually wonderful to delve back into it and go, oh, I, oh yeah, I forgot that. Oh, and, yeah. and it was so it was such a pleasure to watch again. Very cool. <laughs> and also joining us is Eric uh, Mittman, right? How are you? How's everything Hello. going? How's everything going? I don't know if we didn't see you beforehand, but it's good to see you. You snuck in here, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had I, I I had I've had internet problems all day, so it's kind of a miracle uh, that I made it into this room. But I am here. I am very happy to see you, Eric. <laughs> Very cool. And then, of too. course, our two usual suspects, Larry Mullen. How is everything going on your end? I see that you're back in your in your main location, yes? Yeah, back uh, east to west, and I tested negative today at five days after traveling, so I'm, I'm socially a little bit acceptable at safe distances. And, uh, you know, glad to be back, uh, see my family and friends, and I got to see these three episodes, you know, two of them I had never seen before. I, actually, I did see some of the color made bad, but I had never seen the first time. So it was the first time, which yeah. was episode three of season one, and the other one was in season two. And then I got to see again and relive something which, you know, I had worked on, which is clean, clean Slate. And I have to say, you know, Bethany was advertised as powerhouse director. I'm buying in. 
power. <laughs> <laughs> Earn moments. Earn moments. I got two things to say quickly. Rainy day Rooney. She, you know, she did the rainy day and then she came back and did stormy weather. So when you wanted rain, you wanted Bethany. Quickly to say is romance. I mean, we looked at Clean Slate a little bit in the Valerie Malone show a while back and looking at it again and thinking that Bethany did this. It is, she launched that character. Tiffany is is unbelievable in this and the character of Valerie really gets launched in this episode as something, oh my God, it's fantastic. So thank you so much. That's it. And then, of course, Charles Rosen is with us as well. Charles, how has uh, your week been doing so far? Uh, it's been building up to being back with Bethany. You know, we, uh, <laughs> she and I really do go back. I mean, I we go back to uh, the days where she took pity on me and would actually type, help. She had a typing business while she was uh, working for Bruce Paltrow, a very important uh, I forgot fellow. that, Chuck. Yes, yes, I knew Great you when it was just Hillshaver. <laughs> and and that? anyway, and you were great, you know, and she's a very good typist too. But <laughs> makes her own things now. But um, you know, I think Jessica would remember this, maybe Karen, because they were both there at both times. When we hit the hundredth episode, and when we hit my last episode, 143, I said the same thing whenever they would held up. I said, This is for anyone who can remember the first twelve. Right. Because there was the series we did, and then there was the first 12. Mm-hmm. And Bethany was brave enough to walk in on the not only one, but two of the first uh, six that we did. Oh, yeah. um, and th- these are always almost a block for me, because those are the ones I snuck by the network. And, and uh, that's another story for another time. <laughs> and I just want to let everybody know that Chuck and I also interviewed uh, uh, Joshua Beckett this week, right? Um, and because he's in a, you know, a big Joshua Richland, he's a big part of a clean slate. So I'm just going to play a clip real quick from our interview, uh, and you guys can go find that as soon as this episode's done. So this is a little bit of what uh, Chuck and I talked to Joshua Beckett, Josh Richland about. Uh, Jason and I had a really uh, a good, easy rapport off camera. We both had really, really big dogs, and I used to bring my I used to bring my Great Dane to the set. You know, it was a really nice set to work on. I mean, obviously, it was a very well-oiled machine. They'd been doing it for a long time. But everybody was really, really like, easygoing. I think my memory is that you guys balanced um, uh, professionalism and and uh, efficiency without sacrificing. I don't know, humanity, dare I say it. So that's a little bit of the Josh, uh, Joshua Beckett, Josh Richland interview. That should be a lot of fun. And then I'm going to play one more clip before we get into this week's episode because, you know, we're doing a contest because next week we have Jason Priestley here joining us. So that's going to be a lot of exciting uh, excitement. Uh, but he's talking so- about being a director, not an actor. You'll have, we'll have to get him back for that one. Yes, yeah. <laughs> about episodes that he directed and whatnot. Right. We'll have some fun with him along the way. But you'll you'll all have uh, an opportunity to join, uh, like Zara's having right now. And here is that clip, that promo. Stop what you're doing. Do you want to join us next week when Jason Priestley is here? I knew that would get your attention. We're running a contest, the mother of all contests. Jason Priestley will be in the house. Oh, geez, will you stop with that already? 
and you'll have five minutes to chat with him. So, how do you enter? You must, number one, have some merchandise from Beverly Hills 90210showshop.com. Number two, subscribe to us on YouTube. Number three, left us a five-star review on iTunes. And four, share a post about us anywhere on social media. Send proof of all that to Peter at Beverly Hills 90210show.com and one of you will be chosen at random to join us live on the show next week, August 12th, 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. Um, here's your moment. Five minutes with Brandon Walsh. All right. So those are some things uh, coming down the pipeline to so make sure you jump on that. And These uh, days and- with 90210, you want in, you got to pay to play. That's just <laughs> just like just like government, you know. <laughs> oh man! So Chuck, why don't we start here at the beginning of this? Uh, how do you? How did you guys? You, you mentioned that she did some writing for you, Bethany. Um, you know, where do you get her in the room to well, say? Bethany, Bethany was was different. Uh, you know, I wanted to. Uh, you know, bring in directors that I thought had a were were television directors, but might have a different director, um, different sensibility than a tried and true spelling director. And so, um, you know, Bethany is somebody who already had, even though she's being modest and say, well, in the '90s you were there, but you had credits in the '80s and and one damn good one in same elsewhere. And I know that because I got a plaque here. The only one I got from the Writers Guild that tells me I'm a good writer because I wrote for St. Elsewhere. So that we know is a good show because I got the plaque to prove it. But um, so so with Bethany, I believe so. Bethany, you, if I'm not mistaken, had a very powerful agent. Zari Emanuel, your agent. He was for a short time. And then and that he got was the short time he called, And he that was the short time he called me up and said, Bethany Rooney. And I said, I know her. And she'd be great. And so it was Bethany Rooney, and it, and that's how it was there. But the truth is, I knew her name. I knew she was uh, creative. I knew this, but as a director, no, we that was like everything else I did at that time. Here are the dice. I'm rolling, and fortunately, we caught up with the beautiful six fives with her. Well, one of the episodes we're talking about today is uh, things to do on a rainy day. And we didn't think it would be appropriate to talk about this without inviting somebody from Color Me Bad here. Oh, hey. yeah. <laughs> How are you guys? Hello, Brian. Brian. Amazing. Hi. I just watched it today. <laughs> Me three. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we're all huge fans here. Yeah, um, I'm, even, I'm even okay with you wearing that Yankee hat, but not all <laughs> I thought about that after I got on. I was like, crap, did I pick the wrong hat to wear today? Or yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Uh, me too. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, I just I something, to... Peter, I just want to say our commitment, who you did not really introduce, was in this episode. With She was in the background <laughs> in the peach pit with Brian Adams and his and fellow Color Me Bad members singing. Head in behind them when they're talking to all the gang at the table. That was Erica, who happens to be my cousin and also Amazing. a renowned television writer producer now. But there then she was next. 
It's true. But before all that, I was in high school and I was the, my best friend and I were 90210's biggest super fans. And we got the chance, thanks to Chuck and Karen, to come out to Los Angeles. I'm, I'm, I'm from New York, hence, hence I approve of your baseball cap. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> and we got the chance to, uh, you know, to come and be extras on the show, which at the time we could not have imagined anything more glamorous. We Ooh. learned quickly <laughs> the, the, uh, the, the, the level of glamor involved because what was amazing about that scene was, uh, at least what was amazing to me when I was a teenager, was learning for the first time how many times they shoot the same scene from different angles. This was the first time <laughs> I had been exposed to that. Uh, and I was like, oh, we'll go shoot the scene. Little did I know we'd be shooting that, the, the same scene all day from uh, many different angles with um, this lovely, talented uh, musicians singing, right. uh, singing I Adore Me More to Nana. <laughs> now, Brian, do you remember coming into the 90210 world? What was that like for you guys back then? It was, oh man, it was awesome. It was really cool experience. Um, I was a little worried because I had never really done any acting before, which I really wouldn't call what I did acting. Um, we were kind of playing ourselves. So uh, it was it was really cool experience. I'll never forget it. It's still one of the highlights of, of my career anyway. It was a lot of fun, a lot of nice people. And uh, it was very surreal. It was it was a really cool experience. Um, and you did some you did some stuff with uh, Jenny Garth, right? In 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 some of this uh, in this episode, what was it like working with Jenny? It was awesome. Um, I'll tell you one of the funniest things was when we all showed up. Um, we were told right away that sh her boyfriend was there. Um, their boyfriend, I guess, we had to make sure they were there for that episode shooting. And I was like, you know. I'm not, I'm not trying to hit on anybody or anything. I was, I was right. the, one of the funny things were uh, uh, her boyfriend's here, by the way. So I don't know if some, <laughs> some of the musicians get bad raps, but they were like, they wanted to make sure I knew that there was somebody keeping an eye on her. <laughs> I can tell you why he was there. If you oh, like go ahead. Yeah, Bethany. Yeah, go for it. It was Valentine's Day. Oh. Was it oh. Oh. Valentine's Day when we were shooting at the Bellage Hotel and all, the day was pretty stressful, really, because all the girls in the cast were waiting for what their Valentine's Day was. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Yes. Chuck, it was also a, oh, go on, go on. I was probably we're probably going to go the same place, but I mean, you know, do you remember getting the music and liking "Color Me Bad" and wanting them to be a part of this uh, this program? Talk to me about the mu the music and all that kind of stuff. Is that where you were going to go? No, maybe. Something, but it's okay. The the um, I was more a production oriented one. I'll talk when we get back to it about the oh. shooting at the Bellage Hotel. Yes, but um, well, Brian, I remember. I, I believe probably that you had approached someone. Your representatives had approached whether you were probably creative artist agency or someone aligned with it had approached Mr. Spelling, and I remember saying. These guys want to do this thing. And I didn't think, I don't think I knew your song, but I certainly, it was so catchy. And and hearing it again today, you know, it really ushered in a whole, the boy bands, you came first. You were before Boys to Men. You were before NSYNC. You, you guys were the first saying, 
the first people that you looked at and went, oh shit, rock and roll's over, man. It's all about this <laughs> and stuff again, you know. But you know, but it was it was really great and a very romantic song that really fit the fantasy and romance of this particular episode. Thank you. Uh, which, which I think is almost a quintessential 90210 episode for a lot of reasons. And Jess and Carrie, I think you might confirm on this. Yeah. This was our height of being in pop culture. This was the, what, what Bethany recreated as a director under the thing is what our actors endured everywhere they went as a group, at least, or sometimes this. And this had been the legacy, the pop magazines, the, 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 the excitement of, of that. And I believe this was the week, it was either this week or the week you were prepping, Bethany, that um, ABC Network came to our Good Morning America, did a week's worth of shows, segments, you know, of the show, not the whole show, um, but they did segments for five days in a row. It, you know, February sweeps, mm. I don't know, sweeps probably was the reason, Larry. No, this they, was April, this was April. This was in April. No, uh, Valentine's Day. No, no, Valentine's Day. Oh, yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah. They it shot in Valentine's Day and aired it. That's April. what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So, so, um, you know, that was the uh, at least a memory, and I don't know if it's against this episode or not, but I think it kind of was at the same time. Lots of uh, compliments here, Brian. Uh, such a crush on you. So <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we, had, we had a lot of fun. Aww. It was a blast. I actually got to hang out. Um, and uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the artist John B., but he was also uh, great friends with Brian Austin Green. Mm. And that's how I met him. And we hung out a few times whenever I'd come out there. And uh, just just really nice guy. Really nice dude. Very awesome. And Beth wants to know if we can get you to sing I Want to Sex You Up. Yeah. <laughs> you guys really want me to sing a piece of it? Yeah. <laughs> that was Beth. You got you guys is us, and that's Beth, but we'd like to hear it too. Sure. Yeah. All right. Um come inside, take off your coat, I'll make you feel at home. Now let's pour a glass of wine, cause now we're all alone. I've been waiting all night, so just let me hold you close to me. Cause I've been dying for you, girl, to make love to me. Oh, that's cool. That says OMG. I'm okay. I'm sorry, but wow, that's, that's, that's great. That's a great Brian, thank you so much for stopping by, man. We really appreciate hey, you. It was an you were adorable, and you are adorable. Absolutely. Best of luck, man. Thank well, you, thank you Brian. Much Best of luck to you, but not to the baseball team. Hey, <laughs> 16 months sober, 16 months sober and I'm, I'm, uh, I'm loving and enjoying life right now. Doing great, oh, man. Thank Thank you. Nice you. Amazing. Thank you All right. Thank you, Brian. Thanks for coming. All right. So there we have that. Zara, what did you think of that? A little surprise for you. What a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's talk about some of these episodes. Chuck, should we start talking about uh, the first time first? I think yeah. so, because that's when you first came. And, it, and it's interesting just to know. So somebody tells you uh, you're at Inner Talent and somebody tells you we booked you this show. 
And was the good news the bad news? I mean, we the spelling show was not 90210. Uh, excuse me, when you were booked, the class of Beverly Hills was not, um, you know, on the forefront. I mean, it wasn't Ferris Bueller's Day Off or or you know other shows that were in the firmament at that point. I remember having to go into my agency and sit in the conference room to watch the pilot because, unlike now, nothing was available. Right. right. How to go do that? Um, you know, I've done a lot of shows in my career that have younger casts, and I like that because even though that was a long time ago, I've always had this uh, sensibility of being the mom director because um, I believe in loving and nurturing the cast, particularly. And, you know, this was a new cast, young cast. They didn't know how big they were going to be mm. at all. Um, this and this was a show in a warehouse in Van Nuys. It didn't seem like it was going to be. Nobody ever knows, but it didn't seem like it was going to be a big deal. But I just fell in love with all of the cast and was happy to be there, particularly on the first time with Jason because he was so great. In that episode. He's so good. <laughs> he, he, he really Unbelievably is. great. Yes. He was not, he was so good looking and such a good, it gave a beautiful performance, I thought. I'm he sure did. it's tough, Bethany, when you walk into a series like that, because, I mean, as you kind of grow with it, right, like, uh, you know, the characters are sort of becoming something and they're, they're, they're developing and, you, you know, now Jason can say, well, I don't know if Brandon would do that. But at this point, he doesn't really have that information yet. Right. So is it challenging working in, a, in that sort of setup where you're like, we're figuring sort of like figuring this out together or what Brandon might or might not do? Truthfully, I like it. I like to be working on a show that it's at the beginning of its run to feel like I'm a part of that, a part of helping him find or any actor helping them find who they are and what the character feels with, you know, how the character behaves. It helps me feel like I'm uh, more a creative part of it than if I'm directing episode 232, you know? Sure. Yeah. Um, what was, what were these cast members like back in those days, in those early days, uh, Tori and Jenny and all of them? Young. Yeah. <laughs> Sweet. They were all so sweet and kind and adorable. Not that they changed. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying they were all so young. And they were having a new experience. And I'm sure there was a lot of insecurity there. And um, <laughs> funny, I remember that Brand Brandon, Jason wouldn't tell me how old he was because he was supposed to be a high schooler. He wouldn't tell me. I Just today, looking on IMDb, I went, oh, he was 21 then. But he wouldn't say. Not quite yet. Not quite. He was 21. still twenty, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Show. I, I remember his twenty-first birthday. That's that's why it was in the. Yeah. When we were doing summer episodes. But he was all. He felt so to me, so secure and so confident and happy to be there. And I never saw him being afraid or, you know, anticipating anything. He was happy to be in the moment and. Let's do the work and have fun doing it. And and as you remember, Chuck, the in that first season, the hours were incredibly long. Do you remember that? Yes, we, I remember the first twelve. And, yeah. You know, we were a non-union crew, and I used to call it. We had a wonderful DP who shot the early twelve, the David Geddes. Um, it was beautiful. Wonderful, You'll see some of the best imagery of any of our series. But as I said. 
when my son, when Karen was pregnant, delivering our son Avery, and it was taking a while to happen, and they're on a, Paul Wagner's leading everybody on a scout, and he calls me in the thing, and he says, How, how's it going? And I said, well, it's kind of like waiting for David Geddes to finish lighting. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he had already gone, so I guess, but, you know, it was, um, and it was hard, and there were, there were people being hired there because they would work the hours. Um, and so even though they were only getting paid for 12 hours, they actually sometimes had to work 14 hours. Mm. That's the spelling way. And our producer at that, or the Torand way, I guess the company, and the producer was not Paul Wagner. He was my oldest and closest friend, Jeffrey White. And he uh -huh. um, was, a, was adept at low budget non-union production which was one of the reasons that the spelling company agreed to let him come through the door. But it was really pretty clear that, that this was a big production and a lot of issues. And, and we even had the crew at one point vote whether they wanted to go union or non-union and they stayed non-union by one vote. Had they gone union, that plug would have been pulled uh, that day, I think. Mm -hmm. What about the scripts uh, for the, for a first time, Chuck? Uh, who who's gets the who wrote wrote those initial scripts? Do you remember? Is it Darren? Oh, absolutely. The, the first time was Darren Starr, mm. and it was his first episodic script after the pilot. And I remember reading it. And Darren, you know, I I asked you to come. You know, I know busy. You got your show, but and I would say this to him here when he had done the pilot, you know. I was going to ask Bethany, did she stay awake watching it? You know, and I'm not talking about the one that everybody sees. I'm talking about that first one that made the rounds. And uh -huh. and it wasn't, it, there were things about it that, that made you really like it. And it was the cast. They, right. they had, they had so, somehow got through that and you really liked them for that reason. But I remember reading the first time and go, oh, screw it. I misjudged this guy. He's a really good writer because, um, you know, I, I, you know, had said to Darren, and and he he, and he threw that up to me once. I said, you know, I really didn't care for the directing. I think the director let you down, mm. and you know, but he, and he knew I didn't, you know. But at this point, it was really clear this man to write. He meant in the pilot. Yeah, and then no. the next one uh, was in the pilot, not not first time, right. and not Perfect Mom either, which was the one that followed this. It was a Bethany finished one, and then she started prepping the other one virtually. Melanie's got a question, and I don't know if you can answer this, Chuck, but Hello, Melanie. curious if the writers drew from real life experience for the babysitting scene when the girls got busted snooping, be honest, LOL. <laughs> you have to ask Darren. You have to ask Darren that question. We can't answer that for you. Oh, no, that was things to do. Was that the same one? Yeah, that was the same one. That, um, Is that yeah, I could see your sister doing that, you know? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. But so Bethany, um, you know, you get to this to this new show, right? And um, ultimately, now you've seen this. Now, what? I mean, all these years later, what do you think of it? Looking at it all, the, kind of all these years later, I was so pleasantly surprised. I have to say, in on a lot of levels. One was I thought that the scripts were intense and interesting, and obviously dealing with huge issues and. Um, I went, wow, <laughs> the show was pretty good. Um, 
<laughs> so I know it's, it's low praise right now, but um, I, no, we're I used to really, that. Low praise is what the writers were. <laughs> were going for it. You were going for that. Um, uh, and I and I felt really kind of proud watching it. That wow, look at what we did back then. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Larry, um, you were not a part of this, and I don't think you were either yet, Jessica. What is your interpretation, the both of you, on looking back on those initial episodes? Because you guys developed those characters later on, right? So what, do you, what is your take on it? Well, you know, just, you know, it's like seeing the, the roots of, of, of stuff that we picked up on. I, I was, you know, again, the first time, which was the third episode that aired, I guess, uh, you know, I mean, you know, Chuck was pushing some boundaries there. Brandon is having sex in his parents' house, and it's at eight o'clock in the night. I mean, come on! I mean, now Chuck, Chuck is right. He slipped that through there, and I'm going like, whoa! Um, and uh, so, yeah, that was pretty uh, interesting and shocking. And, you know, look, and then I mean, and the other one, there was, you know, just it was delightful. The uh, the rainy day one, though, obviously the stripper in the in the house thing was a little bit probably didn't age so well but the other thing i felt in these episodes which again is a credit to the, the early work of, of of chuck and the writers it really felt like beverly hills the beverly hills problem seemed to be real you know there was the bel-air hotel the bel-air hotel there was the divorce that whole thing with divorce and how real that was for the kids there and, and that thing that's that part of the storyline with we had uh, Catherine cannon on a couple of weeks ago bethany she was phenomenal and we didn't really get to to go into this episode and in the rainy day episode, it is fantastic. She's and I'm sure it's an early work that, that Tori did. Um, some of the best work that Tori did early on, I would think. Yeah. And then, you know, and then it, it was, it was really fun to see. I mean, there, you know, look at some things in the mood after Brandon was like having sex. I went, what? <laughs> what was the story of that? In the yeah. mood? You're playing like a jazz thing there. Paid license to us. It didn't cost much. Like you got mad at us for the Rolling Stones and playing in the mood. It was his way of signaling to his mother. Guess what? You know, I guess, in using the mother's music. For me, just segue. You know, the two things that I picked up in watching the episode, one is, is I remember coming to that location of the nightclub mm -hmm. and it was in downtown L.A. about three blocks, not far from where you once worked, uh, Erica, just a little west of downtown there in that area. And I remember getting there like nine o'clock at night and thinking I'm going to get mugged. They're going to steal my This was not uh, the gentrified downtown yet, that's for sure. But this club was there, and I believe that a lot of people were waiting outside to get in to wait to uh, us to finish. That's that right. We, oh, yeah. wow. So you had been shooting all day, and I got there probably near the end of it. Yeah, I um, think you did. That was a big production. It, it, all the Clearly, all the resources that we had at 90210 went into that scene, that moment. Um, the other thing I take away with, and 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 it reminded me, I forgot about this. The first maybe four episodes that we did, you know, um, even five, maybe all six of them in this, they all came in short. They were supposed to be forty-three, and they were always. I always had to get um, dispensation from Paul Stupin to be able to turn them in twenty-five seconds short, and that. And the reason was, so you see, even with that, 
you count the number of montages we had? Oh, let's have a let's take up another thirty seconds with the montage. There aren't there anymore. So many places are the Bellage is not the Bellage anymore. Right. So many places are gone. Good question, yeah. though, on the but, Bellage. We just didn't have the money. We were very low budget. We were syndicate. We had a less than a syndicated budget to make these shows because that's what Fox kind of was at the time. Bethany, how was it to shoot at the Be the, the Bellage Hotel? Oh, great! I mean, I think I shot there three times on nine hundred two one zero. I think um, because it was sort of our home, or to me, it felt like it was our home base hotel, and they were always very, um, you know, welcoming and didn't didn't cause us any problems. In fact, things to do on a rainy day. I remember in in the Parking lot of Tower Records, right? It was in front of it. Is that right? Mm -hmm. um, we put yeah, up these near, big, nearby. we put up these big rain towers so that we could create rain for the outside of the mm -hmm. Bellage, which is you know a big and and right at their front door. So anybody who wanted to be checking in or whatever would have a little bit of difficulty. Um, it wasn't. It wasn't. Uh, it was aha. There used to be an aha oh, that's there. Funny, aha. Right. At that party store. And yeah, uh, they, had a big, they had an infuriatingly big parking lot that no they one did. ever parked in when you needed to park someplace. And, it was and, great for uh, the rain towers, though. But beautiful for rain towers. Yeah. Listen, Beth says this, and this came up a bunch of times in the, some of the chats, that Jim was so proud of Brandon losing his virginity under his own roof, but lost his cool when Brenda, Brenda had her turn. So do you feel that there was a little bit of a double, double standard there? Sure. Chuck. What do you think, Karen? Sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was, I was actually shocked today watching the first time again, Brandon's first time at the at the lack of, well, just tell mom we were careful. And then they yeah. go, like, oh, and can I just say one other thing? Because we, some of us have now rewatched that episode and this is first season. So they're outside playing basketball in the end and his father-son scene. Mm -hmm. He's trying to talk to his son every day that this, the girl, the girl from Minneapolis is there, but they never get a chance to. And stuff's happened and it went on and it all went on without the parents. And finally, they get their moment and they put Jim Eckhouse in a tank top. And what he, was I thinking? Well, I bet it was 100 degrees in Altadena that day. And he was, it was probably so hot, but he had man shoulder hair and man hair everywhere. It would have been great for poor Jim. It's so funny. And we love Jim. He's remained of him, but there was a lot of hair. Yes. <laughs> I, have to I have to talk about the double standard because yes. the character of Brenda brings it up and says, uh, if this had been me, you'd be really freaking out, Mom. And Mom says, I am freaking out. But the mm. key for me was when Brandon says he has protection mm. and that he's always had protection, we never had to use it before. And my, years later, we wanted, we wrote some kind of episode where Kelly Taylor was going on a date. And we had wrote that she put condoms in her purse. And Aaron Spelling wrote a note and said, no, 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 Ooh. Kelly is not a slut. She would never do that. And I had to fight and say, no, she's smart. That's why she's doing that. Right. And the fight about condoms on the show in years to come continued and it didn't seem like it was a fight at all. Was it a fight for you, Chuck? Because it played- No, I'm just thinking, I mean, Aaron forgot that Karen wrote a really a terrific scene in, in uh, Isn't It Romantic? That was number nine for us in the first scene, the, commonly known as the AIDS episode. 
in which Kelly instructs Brenda how to do condos. Never hey. trust the guy, I think. Never rely on the guy. And that was Brandon and Brenda's first, uh, the first episode where they first got together. Uh, Brandon and Dylan, Brenda and Dylan, I mean. And so that was a really important, and it was the AIDS episode in the B story. And it was, it was a very, but that was first season and he, he was good with it, you know, at that point. Yes, you're right. By the time that, because we had so much more attention later. When we were writing episode nine, nobody knew who this show was. Exactly right. I think that was always, I, I will say that about Brenda too. I think that really was it. I remember this being said to me more than once is that we finally got to a point that the national media finds us and the parents come and look at the show for the right. first time and what do they do? <laughs> you know, the girl losing it. Um, yeah. We, we, got know, a lot of flack. we got a lot of flack on the schoolyard. You know, our oldest child was five when that show started. Our baby was born that first year, our third child. We had little kids in elementary school, young kids. And um, we got a lot of attention on the schoolyard. A couple of moms going, uh, excuse me. Yeah. Wow. But yeah. How about the performance of the girl that played Cheryl? I thought she was phenomenal in this. Yeah, I mean, right. do you guys remember her at all, Bethany? She had an amazing audition. She just came to tears and she was wonderful. And I said, I would really like to hire her. And then we went to shoot that scene and she couldn't cry and she couldn't cry and she couldn't cry. And so even when I watched the episode this week, she goes from no tears to tears. You cut away to Brandon back to her and now she's crying. And that's because we gave her tears. And I, it was one of my failures as a director um, that I couldn't find the right button to push. I mean, it all turned out fine and she was wonderful in the, in the show. It's just that moment still resonates for me. So did, it, did it change the way you approached audition, actors auditioning that, okay, it does, if they can deliver here, it doesn't automatically uh, dovetail that they're going to do that when the camera cameras are rolling. No, I think she, I think she, it felt like she was particularly vulnerable the day she was doing the audition and that she couldn't get there on the day that we were shooting. Um, but I still believe that if actors bring it in the audition, they're going to bring it when we get to set. So I think she was an outlier on that. But, I, but you know, I, I felt like I had to take responsibility for it. Bums me out still. I mean, when I saw it watching it this week, I went, oh. Well, did anybody get bummed out by the fact she had no tears? That's a panel no. question. Did anybody no. get bummed no. out? No. <laughs> be, be kind to yourself. Those little moments that you remember <laughs> that you think, oh, if only I had, or if we could have, or, you know. Sure, sure. I think that speaks to your 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 talent too, that you're constantly, you know, shaping yourself and thinking about what you could or could do next time or whatever, right? <clears throat> Thing. And, still, and I must say, still to this day, after 220 or 30 or something episodes, I still learn something every day. That's how wonderful the job is and how complex it is. And it's not because I'm stupid. It's because it's such a huge thing to do. And it's different in in every show. It's different in every day. Um, you know, those of you who want to be directors. Yeah, there you go. That's really, that's really, really spot on. And, and, and if you want to be anything, probably, 
right? You're always learning your 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 skill, right? Well, that's why it's so exciting. I mean, if you keep learning all the time, how fun is that? That's fantastic. Absolutely. Um, and then you know we can we can start start talking a little bit about. I know we're going to talk a lot about this things to do on a rainy day. Um, and, but you know, you come back for that. That's what like the, that's the next season, right? So you've done a couple, you did a couple others in the, the, the first couple. What is it like when you start coming back to the show, Bethany, and now you're seeing the characters sort of develop and the actors are sort of finding their way and whatnot. What's that experience sort of like for you? Uh, it had, the difference had more to do with what had happened to the show and how it affected the actors. And I don't know, Chuck, you would know more about this than I, if it was, I feel like it was really there in season three and building in season two. Would that be right? In terms of them going off to malls on the weekends and the press all over the place and, you know. Well, it was the very end of season one and then our summer episodes of season two. Oh, so it was and, earlier. And, and, after, and that's when there was a huge promotional push and, um, I thought you were going to say, was it season two or season three that the cast wanted to leave? I didn't know what, well, you know, and I, and I mean that in, in not that, that in this period of, of our time in the growth of the industry, the television was the poor stepchild to the real art and the real work being done in features. And, and particularly that indies had started and Shannon was in Heathers, one of the original indies mm -hmm. and so there was always that uh too um that and that started really right around the time you did things to do with a rainy day right right leading up to that was you know in the second if for me i don't know what you feel jessica about that i was wondering if the line when jenny says i'm getting tired of malls too did was that line scripted or did she ad lib that line do you remember? Because that was so wild. I can, I can look up. I have the scripts here. I can look it up, and I'll bring it back next week. That was just. It was. But it was about their. It was about their their experience. They had yeah, experience. Yeah. Their experience as a cast was the same as the Color Me Bad experience we portrayed. Totally. So what they were doing outside, running in and and you know trying to sneak into the hotel. That to chase the band, that's what was happening to these actors when they'd go on the road and when they'd go anywhere. There were thousands of people trying to sneak in. And it was it was really it was a pop culture moment that was just fabulous. And to have that uh, to Bethany to bring you brought such reality to it. Um, the reality of uh, you know. I know Karen and I have both talked about our, our love for the movie, The World of Henry Orient. And there's a, uh, there's a sense when these girls are running, running into this hotel and then finding out that the mother's having an affair that comes, what uh, happened in that movie. And the, 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 but the realness in this of what it felt like outside the hotels and what it felt like chasing a band Everything about it, you captured it with such realness that was that's what made it so amazing to me as a viewer watching your work as a director. You made those that those band members seem real. And it you know, he said, Brian, that he was I was just being myself. We all know that there's nothing harder than to be yourself 
in a scripted setting. And it's, yeah. uh, so yeah. that felt very good. The other thing that I was really impressed by in that episode was Tori's performance. And um, it, was, it was really, it was touching and it felt vulnerable. And um, Catherine talked about working with her, um, but it was really, it was good stuff to watch those two together. Yeah. I always felt that she wasn't doing, Tori wasn't taken seriously enough being Mr. Spelling's daughter, but she was really talented. And the other thing I want to say is I don't mean to imply that when their popularity grew up that they changed that much. They really were still the same people, but they had things coming at them from everywhere. And so there was less time and less lightness and less um, joy than there was in the first season when nobody knew anything and we can just all, you know, have the time of our lives. Zara, I want to see, do you have any questions about the first time that you wanted to ask? Yes. Um, it's one of the most popular questions. People want to know why, why was the backlash when Brandon lost his virginity different from Brenda? Losing her mm. to Darren because um, Jim Jim was was really rough on Brenda, whereas on the other hand you see Jim being relaxed and Cindy is telling Jim, "Hey, let's talk about it." But Jim is like he's not feeling that type of same emotion. So a lot of fans want to know why um, why is why why does it why why is there such a difference in the parenting style between mm -hmm. the two? It's a good question. Why is there a different parenting style? And we kind of talked a little bit about that before. Well, what episode was it where Brenda had that experience? Spring dance. It was the second to last one. Mm -hmm. Season one. Before that, they had the fight. You know, she had her fight with her dad when he when she's. Look, know. I'm curious for you, Bethany, with something like that. You know, do you look at the script and say, you know, mm, this is, you know, should they be celebrating Brandon? You know, losing his virginity. Are, are you? Do you have questions like that? Do you ask the writers things like that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's gotten more um, um, ritualized through the years. Um, I don't know if we had tone meetings back then or not. I don't remember, but um, you know, there's yes, always. Did. Did have a tone yeah. meeting because it was, and I've and I've given, I you know, given him uh, a lot of uh, praise for for teaching me. Those meetings were they were the most important meetings I had all week. Jim said, "You go over every line with the script with the director," mm -hmm. and so and, and with the producer there. But I, you know what, Bethany, I'm not sure that we had the luxury of tone meetings in the. I first don't remember it. The first ones. Yeah, I remember doing a tone meeting with Dan Adius on East Side Story, uh, and I remember doing a tone meeting on Isn't It Romantic? But I think we were too. That was already Paul was was the producer. I think we were just too, as a Yiddish word, isn't it? Just famished. I think we were <laughs> we were so you know just trying to just get through it, and um, so it means in, in confused. The first time, Thank you. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Jessica. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I know. Mean, we, we, um, we just were flying by the seat of our pants, is what I remember, and trying, Absolutely. To, Absolutely. trying to just keep the day's work as best we could. 
And the first two were really the ones that were, we won't even get into that. I mean, this was the first, in fact, truthfully, this was, it was such a good episode. It was the fourth episode produced. Bethany did four and six. Right. And the third was one-on-one, which did turn out pretty good, but it, you know, it, it wasn't the, the as, uh, you know, as, as commercial, as, in, as it, frankly, as interesting as, as the first time in a, in a character like this. And, uh, so they moved them, out. They by moved the it. time these episodes started, um, you know, they we we were just descending ratings wise. You know, we we were we had started at tens and elevens, and then uh, uh, we're six and sevens and sevens, and then 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 the one episode that caused hell to break loose was, was the seventeen year itch, and then things changed. Because, Tia uh, says the show opened up so many conversations in my family and uh, that she loves it. Tammy says, isn't it romantic? My favorite. Thanks, Karen. So, and, <laughs> and Kristen, Corey's outfit, hair, everything. She looked perfect and acted perfect. Yes, she did. Yes. And I want to say that about the wardrobe. You know, I always make a big point, and Jessica knows this. I was not the wardrobe guy. Mr. Spelling was the wardrobe guy. I didn't really care. I thought, you know, we didn't have any money anyway, so put him in a white T-shirt and blue jeans and you know, call it a day. But, you know, we, we weren't going to need more on that. But this episode, really, everyone looked so great. And, um, and I realized that I had become a different kind of person because what stands out to me as much as almost anything in this is, is, is um, Brenda's dynamite purple raincoat. Which I thought was one of the best pieces of wardrobe. I said, I want that raincoat. You know, it's like the thing, you know, 30 years later, you're pressing where you can buy on the screen, where you can buy it, who made it, you know, all those kind of things. In that Color Me Bad episode, I had Jenny's dress, that dress she wore with Doc Martin's boots. I had a very similar, Fred Siegel sold them. I think they should bring that back right now because it would be very popular. Very popular. That Jenny was wearing. That just totally, because I grew up in that era, you know, 94. Where I graduated, so that was definitely of the time. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. amazing. Comfy, comfy too. <laughs> but but um, it's one thing to praise the wardrobe, Peter. We also, you know, it, it you know, and I found it in in both episodes uh, that that was you know, clean slate with Richard Gollins wrote, and this one was Jonathan Roberts, who was Larry before Larry, and uh, and he was and and I think I've said I went on to write The Lion King. And Maria Semple, whose father was a distinguished Hollywood screenwriter, created Batman, oh, the TV yeah. version, and she's gone on to be a very, very uh, acclaimed novelist. Yeah. And yeah. and uh, Jonathan, uh, there was some illness in his family, and Maria stepped in, and and I also really thought the le- the words um, in, in all three of these scripts, it, it's kind of the reason that we're able to. Uh, you know, in, in, in concert with how you brought them to life, you know, that they weren't, there weren't too many cringeworthy moments. No, the script was great. Because of the writers. Bethany, uh, Brian's not with us anymore. So uh, what was it like directing Color Me Bad? They're, they were huge at the time that they walked into your, into your world. Right. So Mm -hmm. uh, what was that experience like for you? You know, uh, they had to be introduced to the process, but they were all very willing to do that. And, um, you know, the direction had to be a l- little bit more, um, don't try so hard, you know, just be. Um, mm. 
but they were all all very willing to do that and we had a lovely time and and of course when they do that song at the end at the peach pit that's something that didn't leave our oh there's our, erica there's erica, erica. Right, right in the back there right behind the two hard enough you can see right there <laughs> there you are that's amazing. Erica, do you remember being there and all that? Was that like just a crazy fan out experience for you? Absolutely do. Um, yeah, I mean, I was in my uh, junior year of high school, I think, sophomore, junior year. And, um, you know, this show had just uh, become the, you know, it had just exploded as the hottest thing on TV. And, uh, you know, the fact that uh, my best friend Sharon and I got to, you know, go out and be extras on it. I mean, we were kind of, we were kind of mini celebrities at my <laughs> high school for a minute there. We wrote, we both wrote, uh, we were feature editors of our school newspaper. We wrote about so, it. Right? And we did, we did. We Didn't wrote, you we wrote a column? Article. Like a like column? We did. We had a column that we had a column that we wrote like every, you know, every issue of the paper. And we, uh, you know, and we, this is when we, when they had papers and papers were on paper, you know, <laughs> and, uh, and, and we did, we wrote about, we wrote about our experiences, but it was, I mean, it was so much fun. It was, uh, you know, you, it, it was, uh, it was, uh, you know, it was the experience of a, of a lifetime when we were kids and we, you know, we, we learned, I, you know, for me, like, I felt like I was, you know, I was learning. So I was getting this crash course in production and how, you know, how production worked mm. and how, you know, just, just, you know, the way you know, the way things were shot, you know, I came from, uh, you know, I, I was doing, I was doing theater. I was a theater kid. I was a theater geek. So, you know, it was like you, you know, you rehearse it and you do it and you, and everybody claps. And, you know, so yeah. it was, uh, you know, it was really my first time spending time on, you know, on a television set. And, you know, and that's, you know, it's what I went on to, to do. I went on to, you know, write and produce television. And, uh, you know, I, I can definitely remember, remember my day there. I will also say that I remember, how kind the cast was to us. Um, they were very, very kind. I mean, my 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 best friend Sharon, for years after that, to this day, I think, and she works for she works for Access Hollywood now, but to this day, she, it was Jason Priestley picked me up. <laughs> uh, gave her a big hug. her off the ground. Yes. And it was it it was it was one of her, you know, lifetime great memories but uh you know i mean it was it was it was an amazing thing it was an amazing thing to you know to get to do it was like it was you know, it was it was really special and then you came and became an intern at some point right and i, I did yes all. i did during college i came back and interned and uh you know i got to learn i got to learn you know that was my that was my first day on set but i got to learn all of the the steps of the process thanks to mm. you Chuck. Uh, I got to, you know, I got to spend some time in the writer's offices. I got to spend some time on set in the production offices, in the casting offices, uh, in, you know, and right. I, I mean, and, um, and you took me, you took me one day to Aaron Spelling's office. He was watching a final, uh, he was watching a final, you know, version of some, you know, of, of one of the episodes. And, uh, you know, and I got to be there for that. And, uh, you know, his office, oh, the, the butler and the, yeah, I mean, it was, it was, you know, everything you can imagine and, you know, of, of Aaron Smalling's office in the nineties. In the and, um, you know, and I remember watching it and waiting to see like what his notes were going to be in his, 
his only note had something to do with Tori's hair. <laughs> That's what I remember of that. Um, um, but oh yeah, it was it, you know it was a lot of fun, and uh, you know, and as I said, it was it, you know it was it was my it was my first learning experiences, and you know, and uh, that was it was probably it was because of things to do on a rainy day. It was the first time I met Bethany, and we worked together years later on South of Nowhere. So. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because there was never going to be an easy transition to this. There unless you, go. you did. Um, you know, the last show I ever ran uh, was this very low budget show for someone who all of us know in this panel very well, Tommy Lynch, and called South of Nowhere about two uh, about gay girls in high school. And, and uh, I could not have done the show without Erica. And Erica uh, wrote a script about, you know, it's what, and in the, the series, the mother and daughter had a lot of conflict. The mother was changing her view. As, as it was, un, Bethany, it was unsustainable to keep that conflict going for more, you know, the people before me had done. So we smoothed that out, but still wanted to deal with, you know, here she's changing, but the grandma comes in and the grandma being the source of the coldness and the source of the bigotry. And um, and Erica wrote a, a really fine script. Erica was very close to her grandmother, Karen's aunt, Pauline. And um, and Bethany did a, a job that was, and both of this together was just, given how much money we were spending and how much time we could spend on all the things. You mean how little, how little, how little, how little, how little there was. It little was money low and time. Low budget and stream, lower than 90210 at that point. I and, have to interrupt you, Chuck, for one minute because say that what Bethany does as a director and what you're describing that she did with you in calling out something about smoothing something out in the script is mm -hmm. one of Bethany's greatest talents as a director is that she will look at a script and find the holes in it and find the places where the story may not work well. That's and right. And you're so right. And on this show, I remember being so... Bethany, we don't have time to do anything. And it was like, okay, we're going to change that. That first one that we did, you remember with the guns and all that, and that south of nowhere. But I just want to do the footage. This show won a Humanitas Award. This is an award-winning episode that Bethany directed and, and that and Erica, Erica wrote. wrote. And Erica got all the money. Sorry, Bethany. <laughs> <laughs> let's move on to, uh, let's talk about this other episode too, right? The season five uh, we haven't even jumped into this yet. The clean, a clean slate. We've talked about it, Larry, like you said on uh, the Valerie <laughs> episode. We kind of went into some of Valerie's stuff. Bethany, now we're moved to through, and we are in the fifth season of this show. Wonderfully, you're still being brought back to direct things, right? Yeah, it's all going well. Um, and now, and clearly, wait, Peter. We we chose a clean slate because it was a. The book ends with Brant Jason, you know, you know, a young actor and now a more mature actor in this. But we could have picked any of the episodes Bethany did in season four and had the same kind of uh, depth conversation. Uh, Greek to me, I remember especially uh, the sorority one was the first serious one we really did in in, in season. And presumption of innocence, a very serious topic that was about uh, childhood. Perfect mom, we talked about a little bit, you know. Yeah, so so I just want to say that that that, that there was just there, there really wasn't a it was a hard clunker. to actually there wasn't a clunker in the group. 
it was really hard to pick actually when we were going through them because Chuck sent me the the list of the ones you directed and I was like all of them. <laughs> you guys are so kind. Thank yeah. you. I just feel like I'm blushing the whole this whole time. In terms of okay, so Shannon's out of the picture in season four, and then we have Valerie or Tiffany has come into season five. What was it like working with Tiffany in in this uh, in this in this era, this uh, clean slate era? I loved her. I mean, what was not to love? She's she was terrific actress and would try anything. And she had a very, probably still does have a very joyful spirit. And, uh, you know, in that particular episode, we got to do that whole fun running down the corridor dream sequence stuff, which was different and, and new. And though we didn't do anything radical, it just was fun to try something together and say, Hey, how about this? How about that? And she, she's an extremely creative, wonderful person. Mm. Um, now, Jessica, you had said something before we came on to Bethany about how Tiffany was, you know, her, yeah. What was impressive uh, in, in the episode was how Tiffany had to display two sides of her personality. And she was the Eddie Haskell at baseball. And then she turned into this femme fatale. And... Uh, the performance that you got out of her was so in incredibly uh, layered and impressive. And combine that with how beautiful she was and in a in a very natural way. Um, and you made the pool look real and I mean, it all looked, she didn't seem like, um, you actually, I actually bought it when she was coming on to Dylan. This was, this was her. And this, and the girl that America knew Saved by the Bell was not the girl. And by this is, we were, you really helped us to sell that this is a bad girl. And, and she did. Pulled off the lies at home and showed this, this bad girl. Yeah. All that, all that uh, you know, pulling him in at the shooting pool and stuff. That was such a fine line to walk and she just did it so beautifully. I mean, she could have gone right over the edge into caricature and she didn't. Do you remember directing her in some of that, in some of those scenes in the pool, in the pool room and all that stuff? Um, no. <laughs> when, I, when I watched the episode, I went, oh, wow, that is really good. <laughs> um, I just remember having a, having a relationship with her where we could really talk about the work. Mm. And that was kind of surprising because she is so beautiful and we, we all sort of tend to think that's all they have going for them if they have that, if they're lucky enough to have that. But she was really deep and really loved working and, and mentioning Saved by the Bell, I think she was really looking forward to expanding yeah. her work and yeah, like her work. Hey, I wanted to say one thing to Bethany. You know, writers sometimes and directors always have different visions of stuff. And I've noticed something in your work, which I really want to applaud. It's a small thing, but you didn't have any candles in the bedroom scene. <laughs> the directors drive me crazy. They put all I know. candles, in the, especially if you shoot a bathroom scene, it's going to be full of candles. <laughs> candles I have to tell you, Jason Priestley would have put candles there. Have <laughs> you seen it. that in stuff that he's directed, have you? Yes, uh, I okay. have. 
the other thing I want to say about this, and it goes with what Jessica's saying, and, and just, you know, because obviously we, you know, it was the end of Shannon and we really were launching this character. So it starts so beautifully with her going through Brenda's stuff in the beginning. Yes. And I remember this, watching it this time, I remember sitting with my sons who at that time were like 13 and eight. And as they were watching the Tiffany stuff, they kept moving closer and closer to the TV. <laughs> they literally jumped into the TV. Like, oh my God, I said, this is crazy. Yeah. Um, Larry, you know, we, we spoke to, we spoke to Joshua Beckett, Chuck and I did, uh, and I asked him about the origins of the character and the name, uh, and we didn't really know, we didn't really know, but you have an answer to that question of well, where does Josh, I think I, I'm pretty certain he appeared in the beginning of college. Cause I know it was, it was a character that I collected character payments on. So I always, you always like that. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, and I knew I also, had, I had named it because, uh, Richland, I had a friend named Craig Richler, if you're listening, who was, you know, this was, you know, there was still cocaine around and stuff then. It was, you know, it was a living high. And, and he Much kind of, of it on the a, set from the glorified yeah. AFI crew until we fired some people, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Well, I must, yeah. I mean, this was past. I, I was already out of it. This was more like 80s thing, guys. So, yeah, was, that's how I was functioning. But I always remembered him. And I just kind of thought I would honor my, my coke dealer. <laughs> <laughs> that um okay but in this episode man this explosive ending you know and um, props to chuck because we were talking about i don't know if we were talking about on the on uh josh's episode or where we were talking about it but writing in little dialogue things like man i'm i can't believe we almost we got out of there alive you know and then he's about to you know wind up in this uh in this horrific crash i know i did not see this coming um do you re remember this bethany you know when very you well yeah. yeah, that's a big production scene for us and you, too, I imagine, at that point. It was. It was. And um, when I watched it again now, I, like everybody else, went, ah! you know, I, I wasn't, I didn't know, I didn't remember that it was going to happen. But once I saw it, I went, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I think it was my idea how to do it with the truck and the uh, the car attached to the front of the truck. And um and I remember standing out in the Peach Pit parking lot that night and shooting it and uh, how pleased I was that it all turned out the way well, that it did. It was beautiful. And I, I remember um, when, when you first said it and, you know, how you were going to stage it. And then it really confirmed something that I believe the whole time I when we were making the show and believe it today that radio is a more powerful medium than television because it allows the person hearing the sound to, to project, you know, what's, what's happening. And so you heard the crash and, and Hey, we didn't have to then show it. We, we could mount it. So it was good for production to do it off camera, but you're, 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 you hear it. And then the horror of, mm. of it. And then of course, you know, we, you know, shooting through the flames was, was also a recall and not exactly the same, not the same angle, but but also we did that with Luke um, and Dylan with his father when the car blows up. So yeah. it was, you know, and then, um, you know, I, I remember then the next episode, a big funeral and this, and I thought to myself, just as all these times, boy, did 902 and all know how to do death. You know, we yeah. just get, get Somebody's gonna die tonight. <laughs> uh, Zara, do you have any questions about a clean slate? I love the dialogue between Brandon, Brandon and, and Josh. And I wanted to know if the storyline was 
Did anybody no, have a Zara, it was not. It was, um, because we had to get, we had but that's so weird. So when I first saw it, I was like, wow. Yeah. So the, um, the goal, we had, so look at it this way. Our goal was to make Brandon become president of the school and be a little ambivalent about it. You know, that, that he was, and, he, and so he gets recruited to run, and now he's in charge of the whole So, you know, it, it was a way to, we, we used this incident of Josh dying to be able to create uh, a, a, a version that he's not the legitimate president. And we could carry that out. We carried that out to the Rolling Stones episode. So our overwhelming, by the time we're in the, the, the fourth and fifth season, our overwhelming goal is bringing in storylines that we could stretch because... Yeah. We had so much to cover, as and and it was serialized, as opposed to when Jessica and Karen and I first started with the show, where it was all self-contained stories. Yeah. I, I wonder. I wonder if it, well, I just for, I, I, I was really proud of this episode, and this is really purely Chuck, the political angle of this thing, which is so relevant today. I'd forgotten the whole thing with Deshaun coming in and calling the other person of color a racist. It was such an <laughs> interesting thing, but it really was so relevant today. But that was purely inspired by Chuck and, and what he wanted to bring to the show. And I thought we really brought it off and executed it really well. And it seemed like a real legitimate thing. I mean, that's what really made it such a powerful episode. So The other yeah. thing I would like to say is to point out, from was that, was that season four or five? Five. five. Actually, five. five. In season one, the episode we were talking about, we shot it all pretty much on set with no money. And here we are in season five and we're shooting at Occidental College, these big exteriors. And then we have 150 extras in the auditorium. And then we have the truck in the car at the end. And I think it's just indicative of how the show grew in so many ways, many ways. But one of the ways was we got to do it bigger and, and it never took away from the intimacy of the storylines, like what you're talking about, which was really, really brilliant in the script. Zara, do you have any other questions that you'd like to pop in? Yes, I have a question for Beth. And um, it's just the, fan, the fans wanted to know, I got a question from Alicia Bagner, and she wanted to know if you had the opportunity, uh, if you had the freedom to change the characters the way you want to, um, the way you think the characters should be in, what changes would you make? And what, what type of changes would you do to the character if you had the freedom to do so? I don't have the freedom. <laughs> <laughs> but if you did, I guess they... <laughs> you mean, do you mean looking back? Yeah. You mean looking back now? Looking back at it? Looking back right now. Yeah, okay. Looking back right now. What changes would you make? That's a really hard question because truly I loved those characters and I loved those actors so much. I can't even imagine them being different. I will say that Shannon was uh, um, challenging. But aside from that, I love them all. And I'm still friends with um, Gabrielle because uh, she being president of SAG and me 
being, um, you know, an officer in the DGA, we sometimes interact at things and that's a joy to see how we've, you know, Time out. What, what are you, I didn't know you were an officer of the, of the DGA. Sir, I'm the fifth vice president. Ah. Excellent. That's, their, that's, for, that's, that's, their, that's a real union, right? Yes. Chuck, we settled. We settled without without an authorization vote. We should thank Chip and stuff. We we did all right. The writers settled. I know. I'm so happy. We're in our way right now. I so. did. I played right. him in this. And and you know, this also I noticed today, ICM yeah. is now I so when I did when when the first mm -hmm. one happened with you four big age uh, talent agencies in town now, and when UTA happened first. I wrote Chip is where to go. You got what he went. You one should down. tell the fans what you're talking about. Thank you, we're, Cameron. We're, uh, <laughs> we're talking about uh, the Writers Guild of America and a, a strike that's been going on for a while against some policies that unions do uh, that I'm not going to go into, but they take money from things. If I'm off the screen, and they've been doing it forever. Don't try to explain packaging fees. Right, yeah. oh, okay. <laughs> let's, let's move on to it. From the episode, um, Cress did a phenomenal performance in the scene standing up to the committee. Uh, you know, that's Deshaun. What did you guys think about working with Cress? Larry, you're 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 always a, a Cress fan. Cress, well, you know, I, mean, I, I got to work with, we, we cast them and then uh, Chuck sent me down to Occidental because we were shooting, um, I can't remember what the episode was, what, what but um, he was, you know, it was a basketball thing. He was in the gym there. We were shooting live, him shooting. And I realized, oh, my God, he's really not a very good basketball player. But, he, <laughs> but uh, which was good because he was a good actor. But uh, but anyway, we walked around the basketball. But I thought he was great. He was so happy. And I, I, I've heard him interviewed about this. And he knew so little. On, he was a student at UCLA then that he wasn't sure if he was allowed to have food from the craft table. Like when he tells the story, mm -hmm. I'd heard it before, that he wasn't sure that he was allowed to say, oh, yeah, yeah, you can have that. That's for you, too. <laughs> right. uh, it was a real discovery of our of our talent uh, uh, director, our casting director Diane Young, walking around said, "I've just found him from UCLA. I think he's what you want." Can and I just give a shout? He's what? He's Black Lightning. He's yeah, the lead in the CW show. Worked oh, with wow. him on. Uh, oh, he's had a wonderful career. I'm happy. Yeah, I worked with him on Heart of Dixie. After that. I mean, did you share any 90210 memories together? <laughs> I can't say that we did, honestly. Erin, right. yes. <laughs> what were you going to say? I was going to give a shout out to Jill Hankel, who was uh, doing the, uh, you know, the sets, set decoration and stuff. And in that uh, episode went, because there's a subplot, Claire comes and moves in with Donna mm -hmm. and, uh, and Kelly um, out at the beach. And I, I forgot this completely, but Donna's, very pretty blue comforter that she had in her blue sheets with the floral with the pop of color. I liked them so much. I went out and I got them for my daughter's bed, and that's what Lindsay had on her bed for <laughs> some years. I was like, "Where'd you get that?" You know, it was really good. Good thing, Bill. It was really pretty. Nice to see it again as well. But uh, and I also want to just say because I know we're getting towards the end here, yes, but yes. Bethany and I worked together on a tough, tough episode, and um, it also could have been you know, too much or over the top. It was a, about child abuse, presumption of innocence. And that was, um, you know, Scott, who Doug Emerson played, who died in the gun episode. We've talked about that one. And now it's, it's his little sister who comes with the, with the very tough mom, you know, and uh, all little siblings. And she's a troubled girl. And it was a story of child abuse, 
or teacher not wrongly accused, but it was really the uncle. And uh, again, a serious issue and tough to deal with. And it was it was hard to, you know, so, but something that goes on in families quite a bit, you know. And so here we took this. And, be and waiting, raising, raising your I'm hand. Up here because, uh, here's the most, is a very interesting factoid that I know Bethany probably had forgotten until I reminded her of this. On presumption of innocence, what you see, if you go back to see this episode, what you will see shot by shot is Bethany's director's cut. She yeah. turned in the director's cut. I looked at it. It was like, well, what do you want? What, what should we do? I forget who was the cutter on this one. He said, I don't know. I said, you know, I think it holds up pretty well because you had cut out some monologues. You had, you had, we were very, this script was very over uh, because it was so much, you know, the drama and family stuff. And you were able to get it to move and do it this way. And I showed it to Mr. Spelling. And as, you know, as, as we got, you know, he, as Erica said about the, he was interested in Tori's hair. He looked at this and went, wonderful job. So it's the director's cut and not that even, even my good friend, Dan Adius and or Jack Bender, they, you know, their cuts were messed with a little bit, but mm. this was perfect into. Uh, into yeah. So thank you, Bethany, all these years right. later, but thank you for doing a great job. That was job. a great episode. It was a great Tough one. Yeah. One. Oh. Now, I was going to say also, Larry, you worked with Bethany again, you know, Chuck, you left at some point, right? But you also worked with her on Lover's Leap, which I believe is, uh, what, is that season six? Yes, right? Yeah, season six. Yeah, you remember this one, Bethany, you shot on the Santa Monica Cliffs. It was pretty harrowing. It's amazing stuff, stuff you did up there. Um, yeah, I just, I, I can't remember why we watched that again, but we just happened to see that sequence. And I remember that day, you probably do too, there was a terrible accident down on the PCH that day. And uh, we had to kind of shoot around it. Do you remember this thing at all? Now that you're saying it, yes. That was a yeah. fiery accident, you know. There was a, but yeah, it was a, a. It really holds up well. It was one of the, you know, it was a. It was a strong. It was the end of the Brian uh, of of the David's mother uh, getting electroshock actually. Yeah. And uh, and also you know the suicidal thing where basically him and Val get out in the cliff and she talks about it. Shock and suicide. Okay. Aaron, happy happy <laughs> thing. Happy time. That was yeah. after we left. Aaron, Aaron says, "Wow, Bethany, hearing all the episodes you directed, it's absolutely amazing." And uh, I'd like to second that note. Yeah. I mean, like I said, it's just incredible the the work that you did. Uh, we were singing her praises on Stormy Weather. I mean, we had Stormy Weather for the cult show, and everyone was going, "Oh my God, this episode is crazy!" Oh, absolutely, that was a beautifully directed one. We, if we hadn't already talked about it in reference to um, the cult, the the, the yeah. storyline, we, we could have talked about that one. Yeah. Man, I really... wish we could all work together again. Wouldn't that be fabulous? <laughs> yeah, it was so great. Oh, we're retired. Yeah. <laughs> um, you have to come up with something wonderful. We can join your, your writing group if you want. <laughs> yeah, there I'm writing go. a novel now, so we all <laughs> are a writing group. Larry, you can teach me. Um, but wait, Erica, Erica, are you still you, are in the game? You get your show. You get Bethany, and you you either and you have you hire us. You can, Absolutely, yeah, you I'd be honored. I'd be honored. Uh, That'd be great, Erica. Bethany, are you are you, are you working on something now? Are you, uh, are you are you attached to a show? COVID. It's COVID. Uh, oh, but she still could be attached. Bethany's working. Um, I was yeah, the actually, director on um, Bull the past two seasons. Oh. Um, but I'm going, but I missed directing too much, honestly, because as the producing director, I only got to do three episodes a season. So um, I'm going to take my wings and fly back to freelance directing because I, I love to do it. So. 
Bethany, I want to ask you, uh, and also in one of these episodes, we have Kathleen Robertson, right? You mentioned yes. that, uh, that Claire is in here. What was it like working with Kathleen? We absolutely love, we love Kathleen here on the show, and we, we have a, a, a thing where we're trying to get Kathleen on the show. You know, what I, mean? so I always like asking about what she was like to work with, with everybody. That he actually here. loves her more than anyone. <laughs> I have nothing but great things to say about her. I loved her. Um, and then I worked with her again. And at this moment, I can't remember the name of the show where it was she and Tay Diggs were uh, detectives together. That was a few years ago. Um, and both times she was absolutely wonderful. I mean, I couldn't find a somewhat negative thing to say about her if I tried. I thought she was Love her. So Why won't she come on the show then? You can't. Yeah. I mean, yeah, call her up, will you? Uh, a little nudge. Tell her how much fun she has, she has a new show, I think, doesn't she? Come on. On Quibi. On Quibi. On Quibi. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. So one idea that Larry and I were talking about this week is we would like the fans of our show to write, uh, uh, to send me an email to Peter at Beverly Hills 90210 show and tell us why Kathleen should come on the show. And we are going to collect all of these emails and we are going to send them to the proper person and let them see, uh, you know, why Kathleen should come on the show. So let's let's work on that amongst everything else that we've given you, uh, given you to do this week. Yeah, a little homework. All right, guys. I think we really rocked this episode. I think we covered a lot of things in these uh, in these three episodes. Let's give Zara a, a shout out for filling, filling in for Lily this week. You did an amazing job, Lily. I think I saw Lily hanging out here somewhere. So Lily, we'll have you back next week. That's exciting. Um, and listen, Bethany, you directed some of the most important episodes uh, that we all care about. You know, this the fans that are here have so much love for you and the work that you did. It, it brought them all in and it's, we're continuing to talk about this stuff from 25 to 30 years later. That speaks yeah. to the incredible work that you did, that all of you did on this show. So uh, thank you for being here and spending some time with us. Really appreciate it. It's my pleasure. Thank you, Peter. Great to see you, buddy. Nice to see you. All right, and so don't forget next week, guys, Jason Preachley is gonna be here talking about directing and all that kind of fun stuff. So uh, make sure you tune in next week. All right. Uh, thank you guys so much. Bye-bye. All right. Later. Bye. 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 Bye.